Hello, sweet friends, and welcome back to the Sacred Jellyfish Podcast. I hope today you have been compassionate and gentle with your heart, compassionate and gentle with your ever-evolving being and soul. I'm sending you love. Today, the air, or I suppose tonight, the air is cold and crisp, and my toes are cold, and my nose is cold, so I am under some blankets. Currently, I am reminiscing within the motion of heartbreak and sadness and sorrow and grief. And I, up until recently, up until the last couple days, I've allowed myself to reminisce within the feeling of grief and grieving another individual so deeply that I love so tenderly and still love to this moment. And Allowing yourself to feel that grief and acknowledging it, acknowledging how it feels in your heart and where it reminisces and is buried within your body is such a big accomplishment (laughs) and it takes a lot of strength to do that, to even acknowledge sadness, to acknowledge what you're feeling takes a lot of courage. And so I'm sitting here feeling all the vital moving parts within myself and it can be a lot I wrote um a little piece a little piece of writing I guess on my phone and I wrote about how currently my heart feels cold like my chest feels cold and you know growing up or I guess in everyday life when something feels so cold it almost feels hot Or when you touch a really cold shower knob or doorknob and it is very cold but you also don't know if it's extremely hot because there's that vital, it's so potent if that makes sense. That's currently how my chest, my heart feels. And describing how deep and tender heartbreak and grieving a connection is it's very hard to describe it fully into words and I can't really describe it and there is a little there's like a quote from a movie called let me actually I could probably search it up really quick Okay, so there is a quote from the movie Beautiful Boy, and I just listened to this quote a couple minutes ago, and I feel like it kind of describes some emotions that I'm processing through, and it goes, if you could take all the words in the language, it still would describe how much I love you, and if you could gather all those words together, still would describe how much I feel for you. What I feel for you is everything. I love you more than everything. And uh, I feel like we all, as humans, we have the capacity to love so deeply and to love so freely and to love without boundaries. And loving someone is never a mistake. 
and you can never go wrong with loving someone. Sure, you might have regrets and sure, you might learn lessons about what to do next time and how to maybe love differently in the future moving forward. But the love you had for someone, never regret that. And there are moments when I sit and I feel just this immense longing and craving to go back to how things used to be with the connection that I'm currently grieving. Though I remember that I don't regret any of it. I don't regret the moments that we held each other and the moments that I cried and they kissed away my tears and the moments where we would stay up late baking pies or laughing in the kitchen or dancing in the kitchen. I don't regret any of those moments because they were so, they were masterpieces. Those were vital parts that now make up my existence and now help me sculpt my definition of love and what love is. And so I don't regret any of those. And oftentimes in movies or in books, people will, you'll see people grieve heartbreak and you'll see people grieve that connection. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I regret giving so much to them. But there's so much beauty in giving. There's so much beauty in allowing yourself to be vulnerable within love and vulnerable within just opening your arms to someone. And there's a poem that goes something like, crack my heart or break my heart into a million pieces for all of eternity to fit in between the cracks. And within this life, offering love to someone, offering your tender heart to someone is the bravest thing you can do. So never feel guilty for that. Never feel weak for doing that because it's so strong of you. And uh, it's such just an abstract thing to grieve. And I've had a month to myself. I've had a month of being in a new environment away from this person as well as my family, as well as my hometown. And within all those moving parts, I realize how vast this life is and how experimental I can be and how they're going to constantly in this life be so many people I meet and love and explore and learn from. So there will never be a lack within that aspect. But with this whole month flew by and up until this last week, I've finally been able to acknowledge the intensity of emotions that have built up. And for me, whenever I'm in a new environment, it's really hard for me to fully process emotions because my main concern is to figure out the new environment, to get settled. And until I'm settled and until I finally find the safety within my body again is when I'm able to finally cry again and to feel the full spectrum of the emotions that I've cultivated within the last month. And so... I cried um, on the 4th of July as I sat at a table with someone I just met and I was basically telling them my heart-wrenching love story that is so poetic yet so confusing yet I don't even, I didn't even classify it as a love story until I was talking about it 
And don't get me wrong, my whole existence is a love story. Everything I do, everyone I connect with is a love story within itself. But this is like an actual love story. And I told this pretty much stranger my situation. And as I did, tears began to drip from my eyes. And it was dark out. And I couldn't see really anything in front of me. So the stranger didn't know I was crying, but I did. And there was fireworks in the background. And I realized my body's finally able to grieve. My body is not in denial anymore of the connection that I once had with this beautiful individual. And yeah, I've cried a couple times today. And I feel very proud of myself, honestly, because crying for me is such a beautiful accomplishment uh growing up I didn't really feel safe to express my sadness I felt as if it were a weakness in ways if I that I should be ashamed of crying in front of others that I should hide it at all costs and that people don't really want to hear about my sadness want to hear about my emotions and yeah I've cried a couple times today it feels really good it feels freeing it feels like I'm finally able to release this emotion that has built up beautifully over time there was no rush to process through my emotions there was no rush to pick through what I'm feeling um but yeah so I sit here tonight and I was actually scrolling on Pinterest and I found a couple um I wouldn't call them depressing, but little quotes and I kind of, I resonate a lot with these. So I'm going to read some of them to you now. So one of these is some cherries on a plate and cherry pits on a plate. And it says, you can't go back to how you were before it happened. Not okay. I need to mourn for a while. At least that's what summer is for. You have no idea how much I would have loved you. Maybe it's better this way. I hope you're doing well. I hope you know everything is is going okay and you'll be all right. I run my fingers through the grass and pretend it's your hair. Better to die at her hands than never have felt them before. I guess I did love you. Well, of course I loved you. You can't make someone love you by loving them harder. I hope I feel like a memory to you, even though I'm still here. I hope I feel familiar. I hope it feels like we've been lovers in a thousand lifetimes before. I talk to you in my head all the time. I am learning to work on my big feelings. I have an entire constellation inside of me. Maybe you weren't special, but my feelings for you were. Suddenly, every page was about you. You remind me of the ocean and the sky. I dreamt of you. Look at something beautiful and visualize yourself transferring love there. And there's a couple more. One says, would you find me in every lifetime? I had a dream about you, which is only weird because I've never dreamt of you before. I guess in your absence, some part of me is left wanting. 
So, yeah, those were a couple little just posts that I found on Instagram or Pinterest, and I posted them to my little, like, TikTok. Sometimes I'll post on TikTok little just emotional, poetic sentences that, I don't know, just come up for me. Um, But, yeah, I... It's so beautiful to feel heartbroken, honestly. It's like the most poetic feeling in the world because as tears come and go and circulate and flow, I realize how just magical it is. It's I feel so alive within my grief. I feel so alive within my sadness and my sorrows. And there's so many different sorrows and types of sadness that I've been feeling lately there's the type of sadness where I'll sit and I'll just stare off into space and I'll feel very empty and I feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not being enough or no one's giving me that validation and so I just feel very like drained mentally and then there's a type of sadness which I'm currently feeling that is like the sadness that makes you feel alive the sadness that makes you feel like wow I felt such this intensity of emotion and now I'm just sitting here reminiscing in the crumbs of it and it reminds me that I'm a vital moving part to existence and everything in my life is just a poetic piece of art and the person that I'm grieving the connection of was the most poetic person I've ever come in contact with and the way they were able to dance through life was the most beautiful art form I've ever got to witness and within that I have taken so many bits and parts and I've added them into my internal toolbox to embody now moving forward And people will come into your life to show you how to dance through life in a more poetic way. In a way where you will be able to show up in your own unique art form. And the person that, the being, the art form that I'm currently crying about as tears drip from my eyes. They were able to be so patient and delicate with life. I remember we were on a walk one day and they walked slowly behind the rest of us and I turned and I looked back at them and they were picking up, they were picking a dead dandelion that had all the little feathery parts to them and I remember I think they blew out the dandelion and all the little seedlings like flew in the wind and a smile drew across their face and they like set down the little piece of the little vine little stem of the dandelion and began to walk again and I remember they would stop often when they were walking and they'd close their eyes and they'd put their hands in the air and they would just feel the wind just dancing and circulating around them and looking back on how I viewed that situation I was very judgmental in ways. I was envious too 
I was envious of the ways that they were so patient and delicate with life and how they were able to view such life as such a fragile thing. And I was envious of how soft they were because I think growing up, I felt that softness was a weakness and I had to be sturdy and strong and I couldn't stop and just smell the roses. I had to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And it can be really, really draining to constantly keep moving through life. And I want to become this soft, delicate being that is in no rush, that takes time to pet the dog that walks by, it takes time to hum songs to myself. And I remember I would go to sleep at a scheduled time at night and they would stay up till like 2 a.m. dancing around the kitchen. And there were times again where I felt envious of this because I wanted to feel that carefree. I wanted to just allow life to happen in that way. But this internalized need for routine kind of blocked that and when you're grieving a situation and you're looking back on it I I don't really regret it though there's parts of me that wish I did it differently and wish I observed life differently so now moving forward I can look back at that and remember like okay it's okay to go slow it's okay to stop and smell the flowers it's okay to look up at the sky and count the stars that I see I'm in no rush I'm safe to fully embody this butterfly version of myself and to be delicate and soft and yeah it's very poetic and beautiful and I feel very fragile in this moment, but in such a way where it's powerful and yeah, I realized that the definition of love is different for everyone and the love I had for this being was and the love that I still have. It's never going away. Um, it was the type of love that was indescribable and I don't think I'll ever be able to fully categorize or fully describe in depth how much love was formulated between our connection and I remember we drove to a little mini concert at this really cute venue and it was like a soulful jazz concert and the songs were all about love and I remember holding their hand as we drove to the concert and it feeling so natural like it feeling it felt like it was just a thing that we do I questioned none of it it made me feel so safe and seen and heard and loved and I will say one of the most emotional things I'm trying to process through is since I loved and I felt so much love within this connection and I felt so much unconditional love within this connection, 
my mind tells me that oh I'll never find this type of deep love again that no one will ever love me the way this being this person loved me and there's truth in that the love that I felt within this connection was so unique that no one will ever be able to offer me this type of love that doesn't mean though that I won't ever feel this intensity of love again and that doesn't mean that I'm not lovable and that doesn't mean that I won't ever be in love again but your first love only comes once in your life and your first love teaches you things that no one else will be able to teach you and this was such a delicate love it it ended in a way where everything was moving so fast and it felt like the rug underneath me was being pulled and tugged and eventually it came out from underneath me and I felt like the foundation was crumbling slowly and within the weeks after that I felt so much mistrust within myself because I I didn't know if I messed up I didn't know if I should have done things differently and the way the connection end of course I wish there was a smoother transition into the next transition of my life though I know that we had to go our own separate ways because we were both so young and becoming one person so young, becoming when you are becoming the same person in a connection, it is important to take a step back because you have to go on your own separate journeys to learn about yourself more. And I was becoming this person and this person was becoming me and there wasn't room for us to grow separately. And I know that our connection had to go its own separate ways. And it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to want to go back at times and replay the memories and cherish them more deeply. Though everything happened exactly how it was meant to happen for me to be for me to experience the healing that I'm currently experiencing. And yeah, your first love only comes once in your life. And it's sometimes the most potent love. And it's fueled me to embrace and see life in a new way and a new art form and to obtain a new awareness moving forward with how I connect with others, how I hold space for others, and how I hold that healing container for others. And I'm still discovering who I am. And in this life, I'll be constantly discovering who I am and I'll never have everything together. And that's the really interesting part about life is we as humans our goal is sometimes to have it together that's our end goal is to have everything figured out but the truth is when you're human you won't ever have it figured out you'll just eventually get to a point where you'll come to the realization that it's okay to not have things figured out and to find calm and peace within that and yeah just moving through life in a slow fragile gentle nature is really important for me right now moving forward and 
there are so many so many moving parts when it comes to grieving heartbreak and the stages of heartbreak and i'm going to read you a couple stages that i found on google the first stage is depression and the first the second stage is relapse and the third stage is redirected hope and the fourth stage is guilt and then there's also acceptance and hope moving forward and processing grief so there's many many stages and each stage is unique to that person unique to the scenario unique to their connection that person's connection and i feel like for me i've been feeling some guilt too and that's okay um but yeah denial came first for me and this individual we denied and we avoided each other and there was a lot of confusion and there was also a lot of anger and for me the anger didn't come till after a couple weeks after and there was irritation and there was anxiety and there for me there was this just i felt so much anger for my towards myself and i knew that they also had a lot of anger towards me for just how things ended so yeah that was really hard and apparently one stage of grief is bargaining bargaining so struggling to find meaning reaching out to others telling one story so i feel like for me i wanted to keep our connection very secluded and i didn't want people to know and that's valid that's valid to hide it but at the same time it's also very valid to reach out to others to tell your story to others to get that outsider's point of view and it's very healing to do that too because you kind of realize like for me I can get very wrapped up and I can sometimes begin to spiral when it comes to certain ideas and anxieties and when you get that outside perspective you realize that there's this huge picture there's this huge journey when it comes to life and this is just a chapter this isn't going to be my whole life story for the rest of my life this is just a little small fragment and a little small slice of it and then there's acceptance which is exploring options new plan and place moving forward and i i'm definitely not at the acceptance part yet because there's still just some feelings and some sorrowness coming up and that's okay and it can take time it can take years it can take months it can take weeks however long it takes for you and not feeling guilty if it's just like maybe a month and you feel better and also not feeling guilty or sad if it takes you a year and just holding a passion for how long it takes you to grieve any connection any person um i was listening to a podcast recently about climate change so this is kind of a different topic but it has the same type of metaphor that can be implemented here um They were saying how when it comes to nature, nature doesn't grieve. When you cut down a tree, nature doesn't grieve how that tree died. This is from a scientific point of view. 
Um, instead, nature will greet is anticipating what comes next after that tree is dead. It's anticipating how it can build up new microorganisms to produce a new tree or to um, potentially send nutrients to that tree's roots to maybe get that tree to rebuild itself. So nature doesn't grieve the cut down tree. Instead, it's anticipating and it's excited to see what comes after that dead tree. It's excited to see what comes from the new rebirth. And that can be implemented here because with where I'm at, I'm grieving the cut down tree, for example. But at the same time, in the back of my mind and my soul is anticipating and is excited to see what comes after that death. Because when a death occurs, rebirth comes right after. And a death is also a birth and when a connection dies it's a beginning at an end and that's what's so beautiful about when things end and when things come to a conclusion and when a chapter closes and a door closes because another door will always open and So now I'm kind of in the in-between, the restfulness, the impatient part, because I'm processing these emotions finally, which are so vital and so potent for me. But now I'm anticipating and I'm thinking about, okay, now what comes next? Now, how can I open my arms? How can I open my heart so I can allow whoever comes in next to, to fully be seen? How can I allow them to... How can I hold that healing space for them? How can I show up better and more gently to the world and for myself mostly? And that is such a beautiful thing to come to. Um, I'm currently reading a book called Belonging, Remembering One's Home by Tokapa Turner. And I was reading... um, a chapter and let me grab my flashlight really quick i was reading the part about impatience and in the book it says it's the it's the awkward in between where you don't know what comes next and it says in the book i'll read it to you it says the awkwardness of unfamiliarity is also an essential phase in new relationships Occasionally you meet someone with whom you can dive right in, but in general it's better to move slowly into closeness with others because it's worse, it's a worse thing to call someone home and leave them than to call them home at all. It is better to love slowly, even cautiously, while your tenacity for commitment is still growing. And yeah, so that was, that was an interesting thing to read, um, It also says, like the mother who is careful about those she brings home to her child because she wants to create stable attachments, we must be similarly cautious with our own hearts. And I wrote, I am my own parent to my heart. So I think like moving forward, my heart is tender right now. And that that's how it goes. You know, don't feel guilty. Don't feel ashamed and don't feel weak for your heart being tender um but i think moving forward i'm going to be more 
vigilant and more cautious with who I let into my circle and who I let into my bubble. And that doesn't mean I'm going to close my heart off. No, that means I'm going to open my heart more. Um, but I'm not going to create the same attachments that I once did. The attachment that I had to this person was very much codependent. And we were very much codependent on each other. Which, it had to happen for us to learn from that and for me to learn from that. Um, But we will subconsciously attract what the same attachments that we had with our parents in ways and that same dynamic and growing up I was very codependent on my mom and she was very codependent on me and it never felt like I was able to be a child more so felt like I had to be someone's emotional support I had to be someone's equal all the time and I never got the privilege to just cry and to be held and to throw tantrums and have a mother like cradle me and hold me and so within this connection we were very much codependent on each other and there was a lot of balance in ways but there would be times when this individual like they needed someone to cradle them and hold them and I also needed someone to cradle me and hold me and there wasn't that reciprocated just need to be held sometimes and there was like um some conflict within that because you know we were both young and we're still young and we're still growing and just remembering that the healing and the attention you crave from someone else you can only really offer yourself and remembering to come home to yourself and remembering that you might really really crave for someone to sit with you and give you that validation and tell you like it's gonna be okay you got this and you're worthy of that but also remembering that the person who can make you feel the most you and the most at home and the most safe and the most secure within yourself is yourself and I think that's really why we had to go our separate ways was for me to remember like I can offer myself just this vibrant vital healing and I don't need anyone outside of me to offer me that connection that safety and then once you figure out that you can ground deeply and you can have a really deeply rooted sense of self and it's not given to you by anyone else it's so powerful and then you'll move about your connections in a more free-flowing movement because you aren't seeking that validation externally and I'm still working on this I'm still working on not craving external validation from another person and it'll take time and it'll take patience and healing is not linear within that um but remembering that I can fill my own cup up and to sometimes when I'm craving that external validation I'll find myself dissociating and I'll find myself seeking um, a distraction by going on my phone and scrolling potentially. Um, But during those moments, remembering that it's okay to take deep breaths and that's what's really helped me anchor in. So when I am feeling distracted and I feel like I'm craving, I'm hungry for some type of thing, I'm hungry for love, 
I'll give myself that love. I'll sit cross-legged. I'll take a couple deep breaths and I'll give myself a really, really big hug. And one thing that I did before I came on this trip was I recorded a seven minute long affirmation voice memo of me just saying words of affirmations. And I'll listen to that every night before I go to bed. And it helps me realize and anchor back into myself and my inner knowing and remembering that within this life, people will come and people go. Situations will come and situations will go and I'll learn more things about myself and I'll learn things about other people. But at the end of the day, the one person I have to come home to, the one person I have to live with is myself and is my own body. So remembering to take care of them and remembering to just hold that really solid heartfelt space for them and to create that safe container and that healing container for yourself first and foremost Um, because you can't expect yourself to hold loving compassionate caring space for someone if you are not first holding that for yourself and if you are not first being patient with yourself and if you are not first not holding shame around being held by yourself and I think for a long time I felt shame and I felt almost embarrassed for showing up for myself because it was like taking up space and taking up space can be hard and expressing that hey I need a couple minutes to maybe go sit with myself and take some time and expressing that to others can be kind of uncomfortable but once you get past that uncomfortable moment and you do end up taking that space for yourself it's the most rewarding and beneficial thing you can do and I think I'm gonna go take a couple moments for myself now after recording this little podcast episode um but yeah thank you for tuning in thank you for being here with me thank you for listening to me talk and express my poetic nature and remember that heartbreak it's natural it's beautiful it's what makes us human and it's the most poetic thing that could ever happen to you and if you are experiencing grief or heartbreak or you miss someone tenderly and deeply remember that it's okay it's okay to feel all those emotions it's okay to feel deep grief And it's okay to feel deep love. And it's okay to feel deep anger. And whatever you are feeling is not wrong. And holding space within that. um, I encourage you to journal. I encourage you to record a voice memo for yourself. I encourage you to sing and dance just a little bit more. And tuning into your heart center. And may you find love in every waking moment. And... May you walk barefoot in the dirt just a little bit more and smile up at the sky and take full body breaths and remember your existence alone is such a masterpiece and my heart is with you on your journey and I'm sending you love and care and peace and if you would like to find more of me you can find me at Luca underscore love underscore 44 on Instagram and I have um, another Instagram that I've been posting more on recently called threads underscore of underscore existence. And yeah, um, thank you for existing.
and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.